Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, John, of the Research Review, creating a platform to connect and inspire. I'm here with another excellent guest today, Marcus. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your research? All right. Well, my name is uh, Marcus Amador. I am a sophomore here at Kent State University majoring in organismal biology. And I am in Dr. Ward's lab. Great guy. If you know him, you know him. If you don't, you don't. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I actually work with a Dr. Ward, too. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Amy Ward, but she's in the geography department. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, great mentor, great mentor. So why are you interested exactly in organismal biology? Did I say that right? Uh, organismal, yes. Yeah. Or, organismal same, same thing, biology, same yeah. Yeah, good. Um, so I know there's a lot of different concentrations. Yeah, there is. There's like molecular, then pre-med. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, ever since I was little, I loved animals. Yeah. Like, I just loved animals. And I was actually zoology major. Really? Yeah, but like I realized I wasn't necessarily into like the zoology type of thing. And like I just kind of realized this lab work that I'm doing now like was something I wanted to continue on past and pursue a career in mm-hmm. so that's why i chose organismal biology because it allows me to work in like a lab and just apply for more diverse and broad jobs yeah rather than zoology because people will see zoology on a resume they just think zoos <laughs> so it's like it's like then when you see biology and it's literally like same classes too like a lot of people don't realize that really yeah like zoology major is kind of tough so if you're a zoology major i, I respect you yeah so, no yeah. I, I, big res- <laughs> big respect to any anyone in the stem field honestly yeah honestly. <laughs> like there's some crazy individuals out there, let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, crazy and dedicated individuals. So you actually like the lab work. Oh, yeah. Why, I, why do you like the lab setting exactly? I do, I do too. Um, really? I'm, like, I'm one of those people. But okay. a lot of people are like, I can't stand to sit in a lab or I can't stand to, you know yeah, what I mean? I guess that's true. For me, honestly, like I like to just be in the lab because it's a con- controlled environment, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, sometimes you have to work under certain temperatures and that, but like for the stuff that I'm doing for my purpose, I don't really have to do that instead of being on 110 degree weather working out in the field right uh shoveling which we'll probably get into later is <laughs> it's a lot better for me to just be in a lab measuring stuff out and what i want to do is work with maybe even cancer cells and stuff like that just do yeah. stuff along that nature to me like knowing i'm making some type of impact in the future honestly means a lot to me it's cool stuff yeah it's cool stuff knowing that already right now you're a sophomore right yeah, yeah you're, sur- you're just like the, the same place that i am mm-hmm. it's really cool stuff knowing that being a sophomore right now, you're already going to be working on stuff that's, you know, going to impact the future. And I'm actually working on uh, posting my slide that I presented at the three-minute thesis. They're actually going to be posting that outside the Cunningham Hall outside of my lab. Really? So, yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yep. That's going to be incredible. No, let me know when that's posted because then I want to give it a shout-out on the Research Review social media page yep. as well. That should be, that should be, uh, I just talked to my lab manager today about that, John. He's a great guy. His name's John, too? Uh, yep. John, yeah. John Gears. There's some great guys. Name. He's a great guy. But uh, I talked to him this morning, and he said that it should be next week, Monday, hopefully. Okay. He said should be, but he put it in quotations, so we'll should see. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot, I've noticed <laughs> a lot in, like, the research process. We try and set deadlines as best as we can, yeah, and... Which I, and it's a lot of in quotation, should be. Yeah. But I kind of like that because it makes it, at least in the field that I work in, mm-hmm. our research is like very laid back, from yeah. my experience. You is, said it is laid back? It is laid back. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way with yours? For some things, yeah. Yeah. I think like some, some things they can be more lenient with others. Just recently, uh, they have a bunch of uh, experiments going on in Dr. Ward's lab. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy man. He's doing like <laughs> six different experiments. And... <laughs> This one that he's working on with honey locust and black locust, I believe, they 
uh, the, they were looking at if you burned the trees, like what would happen like with the leaves when they grow back? Like if, what happens if you like completely scorched them? And then yeah. if you give them like too much water, if you cut like all the leaves off, what would happen? So they were looking at how these leaves grew back. And like just after the three minute thesis, my lab manager, he was like, I'd love to stay and talk to you. But he's like, we thought we had an extra week left of the of growing for the honey locusts and black locusts, but I got to go. He's like, I got to go because they're already losing their leaves because it's fall. Yeah. So everything's losing their leaves. They thought they had an extra week. And, man, he he got just overwhelmed with going and having to cut, like, a hun- over 100 honey locusts and black locusts down and harvesting those. Wow. Uh, that's just how it is when you're working with plants and stuff, too. Yeah, I can imagine because, I mean, you have a general idea of when the seasons are going to change. Mm-hmm. and the activity of the of the plants exactly. but like it's it's kind of unpredictable it doesn't help being in ohio either no, no definitely no. <laughs> so how did you hear about research in in the first place honestly like the researcher sure program in general mm-hmm. this is the sure program yeah the sure program so summer I, undergraduate research experience for those who don't know yeah so the sure program or summer undergraduate research experience like john just said mm-hmm. i was just literally looking around the Kent State website because yeah. I was looking for some type of research search to do because I thought it'd be great on my resume and I was really looking to get out there when I look for a job I can say hey I have all these credentials and that yeah so it, it's very impressive on a resume yeah it really is and I've heard that from so many people mm-hmm. even like PhD students and yeah. like I was just going on the Kent State website and I stumbled upon the sure program I applied and got accepted and the rest is history pretty much and here we are yeah it's so crazy if you just take say two hours out of nowhere just laying in bed and just browse your school's website yep. it's the crazy things that you can find you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. after i did research um the sure program and i was looking for more research opportunities i was just browsing the page and i found out we have five research institutes like we have the uh, brain health research institute the healthy communities oh, research wow. institute there's a, a ton of others I, there might be more than five actually mm-hmm. but then i just randomly a- applied for the healthy communities one yeah. Like this has been so cool. That's crazy. Like, now you're connected with like a bunch of prof- other professors, both in and out of the school, and you never know what you can find. Like, what link you click on, you know, yeah. where it's going to take you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you mentioned this previously in another podcast, but you were in the Provost Leadership Academy. Yes, as was as yeah, was we, I. we we both were. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were both in the Provost Leadership Academy. And now that I think about it, we did have one speaker. And he spoke at the three-minute thesis presentation. Yeah. And he was, like, the head of research. I, I don't remember his name. We we had, actually. I think that's that's where I was introduced to the SURE program. Really? Is there was a bunch of dudes in suits that came in. Mm-hmm. That's when it yeah. was, yeah. And they, they were talking about research. And I didn't know who they were at all. Mm-hmm. I was just like, who are all these dudes in suits? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it got me to listen to them. Yeah. Like, now I see them all the time. Yeah. yeah. But that's what it was always sitting in the back of my mind. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And thinking on it now, that's what like sparked me to go looking for research stuff. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a short program because I didn't, I must not have been paying attention when they talked about it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because that's like, I remember that same night, that's when I went and looked over and was looking at research and that in the following week. And then I found this short program and it was just. And then here we, here we are today. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> What, what was the what was the project you're working on exactly? So the project I was working on deals with an invasive plant species called Phragmites, mm-hmm. and they're just a really nasty plant, and they can they completely take over like marshy areas, sometimes even dry areas if it gets a lot of rain. Yeah, and these plants will grow to be 13 feet tall. Wow! And they'll just completely take over an area. All the local plants there will just get completely shaded out, mm-hmm. and will just just die because they don't have the necessary light needed in order for photosynthesis to occur so they can't live 
And we're looking at like why those plants are able to stay there and be so be so abundant in these mm-hmm. areas because it is it's th- it was theorized that rock salts had a lot to do with from the roads during the winter season like since they put so much rock salt on the roads that this is why like a lot of plants were like dying and these phragmites were just so resistant to that and we yeah. wanted to take that a step further and say well maybe it's the farmers because being in ohio there's a lot of a lot of yeah it's a that. big farm state <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah and then we, we decided to take that step further and see if the fertilizer was what was being the main effectant of these plants and why they're so responsive and just why they were taking over yeah so we were looking at that and then just look comparing the differences between the two between fertilizers and non-fertilizers differences between the fertilizers and then rock salts okay and then we also had we had the control group where there was just no treatment like whatsoever yeah have a control to compare them to rock salts can be some nasty stuff like in terms of for our environment in general yeah even for like cars and Mm -hmm. like stuff like that too like there's there's some pretty bad stuff for our biology foundations lab for Mm, our final did you you take that one do you remember the daphnia experiment yep yep Yep. (laughs) and we we um uh we took the daphnia and we put them in rock salt water and then they all died because of that yeah yeah and that has a negative effect on the environment yeah for for my lab uh daphnia for those who don't know are just a small water crustacean Mm -hmm. just like a little microscopic like fleas yeah they look like fleas almost and for my lab we put them in melatonin you put them in melatonin (laughs) yeah i didn't know you were allowed to do that (laughs) like they gave us a vote and they're like well like we can let these groups do this these groups do this we just had to get approval by the head yeah whatever so then they're like yeah you can do melatonin so like it was like slowing down their heart rate yeah because like that's what like melatonin does Mm -hmm. but like we put like too much so like it would slow their heart rate and someone if they were larger they'd survive right and like the other ones would just die yeah and it's kind of bad it's kind (laughs) of sad to watch i remember it was because we went through a, a good bit of them yeah. yeah, and it was it was hard. It was hard. I remember to to count because we had to count the heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And I remember. I think ours sped up. I'm pretty sure because we when, oh, when, really? we, put them oh, in, when yeah. we put them in the rock salts, they got so fast like we couldn't even count them anymore. <laughs> so we just guessed. Man. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that experiment in that lab. So what have you what have your results been so far? So we have recently, just a few weeks ago, just in time for the three minute thesis, mm-hmm. we were able to get our results around and finally uh, harvest everything, and we found that the fertilizers and rock salts didn't really have any effect. Like the numbers, it was like a two two plant difference in the amount of sprouts that had actually occurred. Okay. And it's also noted that some plants did take off really well. Like some grew like three feet, four feet. Mm-hmm. Others like just had barely sprouted around that time. We were on a little bit of a time constraint. Yeah. And also we think there might've been some issue with like the greenhouse in general, just cause a lot of them like died. So we didn't really have too much data. Yeah. But we kind of avoided the bias in that because what we did was we took all the treatments. There's 240 t- treatments, by the way. 240. Yeah. So it was 240, and then we divided it into columns and rhizomes. So 120 columns, 120 rhizomes. Mm-hmm. And of that 120, there was 40 in soil, 40 on soil, and then 40 in just water, okay. like a bucket of water. Yeah. And then that was for the columns and rhizomes. And then out of the 40, there was 10 in salt. 10 with the rock salt treatment, 10 with fertilizer, 10 with rock salt and fertilizer, and then 10 with nothing for the control. Okay. And then so it was like that for every treatment group. Yeah. So what we did was we took all 240, put them in a Google spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. and we basically just jumbled around, mixed them up with different numbers. That way when we were in the greenhouse, we didn't directly lay out 
them in like specific order. Right. There was no bias. Yeah. That's greenhouse smart. is different. Yeah. Different parts of a greenhouse can have different temperatures. Mm-hmm. And some might have like a leak. Like it's just greenhouses are kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but so we did that to make sure it was pretty still like controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the results were kind of, like I said, a little off, but we generally found no difference between the two. Yeah. We did find though that the r- rhizomes did much better than the combs because the combs for the people who don't know are the above ground part that you visually see and the rhizomes are like underneath the ground and like the main root sprouting portion of the plant Mm -hmm. so it is theorized that they would do better since they are where the comb actually comes from okay but the comb itself was actually able to still grow like it sprouts just off of the comb no roots whatsoever yeah so it's still kind of crazy to see how like this plant could just get knocked over like chopped in half and that chopped in half part could just grow another grow another plant like a like a like a worm yeah pretty yeah much. <laughs> yeah it's that is, that's so that's so cool to think about it's wild how mm-hmm. this stuff just occurs and it's it's crazy yeah we're, now where'd you collect your uh your samples from exactly oh so there is a facility management place i think on campus i'm not sure that's the exact name but it's somewhere around that yeah and so we had talked to them and we had asked we're like uh, there's this invasive plant species called Phragmites. Like we know there's like a lot here on campus. Cause like I said, they're invasive. They literally take over everything. Mm-hmm. And we're like, is it okay if we like dig some up for my experiment or whatever? And they're like, yes, take them all. Just, get they just, them. just get they, them out they, of here. They, they wanted us to take them all. They're like, get rid of them. We don't like them. They're, <laughs> they're disgusting. And so we went over there and we like took out, barely made a dent. Like you <laughs> couldn't even notice. Like I guarantee it's probably already growing all, all back by yeah. now. But we were sitting over there for hours on end like for like a few days in a row like in the 100 degree heat because it was summer when we were doing this yeah so it was terrible but like, yeah I'll, I, I just had an office job pretty much <laughs> you were actually out there yeah. in the field yeah but i mean it also came with some good things because there's other experiences like i helped with their research as well and mm-hmm. we can get into that if you wanted to as yeah, well yeah definitely for D- david ward like i had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. he's a crazy guy multiple yeah. experiments um and one of the experiments I'll talk about, because I can go on forever about his experiments. There was one, it's a red, Eastern Red Cedar project. It's a very big project he's been working on. It even got like a very big grant for the project. Eastern Red Cedar. Yeah. What's that? So it's a, it's the a trees? type. Yeah, it's a okay. type of tree. The, so, the, the big trees. Yeah, the big trees. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, and we were working with those, and he got a, a very large grant mm-hmm. <laughs> to work on this uh, project and research and that. And so... Through his lab, I was actually able to have the opportunity to, like, go down to, like, t- not not Kentucky, but, like, right around the border mm-hmm. called, like, Edge of Appalachia. That's where we were at, at least. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we you, were, you guys, you got to go yeah, there? Yeah, I got to go down there and stay in a hotel. That's and, crazy. Yeah, it was really nice. And it was all expenses paid, mm-hmm. like, through them. Like, they were they treated me great. Yeah. And we got to, I actually got to work with a PhD student who lives in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Uh, his name was Lee. I don't know his last name. Okay. But we, what, what university did he... Uh, he go he goes to Kent like he's PhD working on it through Kent in the okay. lab, and he was working with he's he was helping out David and so we were down there and just we like we were just measuring the DBH of trees so DBH is diameter at breast height for those who don't know so mm-hmm. like the breast diameter bre- at breast height yep so like the like the breast obviously of a human and then you like compare that to the tree yeah and then you wrap your arms around it and then that's the diameter at rest height okay and it sounds it's pretty basic when you actually like, make, explain it, it out sense. yeah 
but like when i first heard it uh, and they said dbh he's like you know what dbh is i was like no and then he explained and i was like oh that's very simple he's like, <laughs> he's like that's how all this stuff is he's yeah. like you just gotta know it and there was so many like it was just a ticky area like ticks like mm-hmm. bad but did you get any ticks I was extremely lucky. Like okay. I forgot to even spray my clothes with ticks. Yeah. Which anybody like who works in the field and all that is probably like face palming right now because that is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but like I got completely lucky. Didn't get any ticks whatsoever. Yeah. Like the entire summer didn't get one. And that is lucky. Yeah. But like well, there, there was only one instance where we were driving back. We were, we were up in Madison working with one of his other projects because mm-hmm. he has so many. And I felt something on the back of my neck and I like go to like scratch my neck and then I feel something and I like grab it and like throw it because it like, freaked me out. Right. So I didn't know what to do. And it's just a tick crawling on the dashboard of the car. And I was like, oh my God. And that was on you. So yeah. it, was, it was on you. It just didn't yeah. burrow. Yeah. And so you got it before. Yeah. Well, so then I like went down catch. the window and threw it out. And, yeah. <laughs> and then that was the only experience I had with ticks. So I got super lucky with that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But overall, it's just a great experience, like just being able to help them with their research and see how these people who have their PhDs and working on their PhDs go about doing their research and what it takes to actually become a doctor like, yeah. in their field is, is so crazy to even see. Mm-hmm. What was um, some stuff you learned from seeing that? From seeing like these PhD students? Yeah, about? and seeing like that process in action. Yeah, um, I learned there's a lot of stigmatism behind like the science field in general saying like, uh, or at least like field results like everything has to be like so exact like everything needs to be like spot on that is not really the reality of it at least from like the area i was working in right that's like, why i was surprised when it was laid back yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah. I, I mean i have a feeling that like for more like genetic based stuff dna extracting like stuff like that like that probably be more precise yeah but, like at least for like what we were doing we were measuring within a different within a given square footage area of the the woods that we were working in to measure the dbh of these trees mm-hmm. i remember it so well me and lee we were walking out there and i was like and we we're just hiking through these woods and i was like i don't know when we're gonna stop like because we just kept going how long and were you going for felt like 20 minutes but it was probably like 10 <laughs> <laughs> but like because he just stopped his car in like one of those trails yeah and he's like all right let's go and i was this like walk i was like where and he's like we're going in there and just pointed at the woods like, how, how long did you know this guy for and i didn't know him that long <laughs> but like i i trusted him right. they trusted him yeah. so it was just one of those things i was like it's whatever <laughs> but uh and then so we just kind of went in there and he was like he's like here's a tape measure and i was like what do you want me to do with this <laughs> he's like he's like, i want you to go 100 feet that way and stop and yell and then i want you to go come back grab another one go 100 feet the other direction yell and then go another 100 feet and then ma- basically make a big old square <laughs> or we were trying to make it a square yeah and he was like and this is when i kind of realized like things didn't really need to be like so precise and so many things that people say because we were just doing stuff like we were and he was like if it's slightly off like it's literally not a big deal like yeah it doesn't have to be like perfectly straight like to the point where you look at that and you're like wow that's a great square like you don't you don't need that right but like as long as we had like the trees that were like close within the area like within it which makes sense and we were just doing that and like it honestly just opened it up to me me going into this field i was like do I need to be so precise with everything I do? Mm-hmm. Like no room for error whatsoever. Like it's, in, it's intimidating if you don't really it is. know. Yeah. Every, every, I think a lot of people who've came on here have said the exact same thing and how yeah. intimidating the process is when it you really first is. jump in. Like you hear all this stuff and see everything online about the science, but once you get like hands on 
and like really work with like your professor get to or your mentor or professor whatever uh and you like really get to know them like they're honestly great people they all just want to contribute some way to research and yeah. do a great job mm-hmm. and they just want you to be a part of that and learn from it right and especially the people who volunteer as mentors i mean it's oh, it's yeah. something it's like i know with a lot of professors teaching is required for their mm-hmm. job and sometimes you get professors who are really involved in research and you can kind of tell that they don't want to teach. Uh-huh. But when yep. they extend themselves as a mentor for students, that's something they're not required to do. Exactly. That's something they do completely voluntarily. Yep. And they do they do it because, you know, they have a passion to help people like us. Yep. So it, they're, the people who do that are definitely, like, very helpful. I'm so grateful for those people, too. Yes. Honestly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just give the, to give the SURE program itself is just an honestly a great opportunity all around mm-hmm. and just being able to work with these people and these mentors, see how they work, get a feel for it. You get paid too. You yes. live in the dorms. That was, that like, was so nice. Did you live in the dorms over the yeah, summer? Yeah, I, I did. Really? I did live in the dorms. Dude, I never saw you. I was in, I saw you walking sometimes. Okay. I was in Centennial D. You were in D. I think How'd so. you end up in D? I was in B. Oh, it might have been B. Okay. I think, okay. I, was, I, think okay. I was in B. I don't really remember. Were you? On, I was on the, what floor were you on? Third. I was on third. Yeah, I was third. What <laughs> end of the hallway? The. I was on the right. So you go up, the st- you leave the staircase. I was all the way on the end of the right. If you if you go out the elevator, I don't know about the elevator. Okay. I'm too lazy, yeah, okay. I'm too so lazy if, to if, take the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go out the elevator and take a left, I was on that, that one. Well, yeah, that's where I was. Oh, at the end of the hall. I never saw you, yeah. Really? I was... I was at the end of the hall, but I was like middle. But okay. I, yeah, I never saw you. That's weird. Yeah. Do you know who Max was? No, I, I didn't had, know he anybody. Like long, he had like long hair. No. No. I didn't know anybody during the sure like whole process. I really didn't meet new, many people besides my roommate. My roommate was amazing. His name was Justin. Justin. Yeah. Great guy. He already had his bachelor's in bio biomechanics from OSU. I know him. He is insanely yeah, smart. I know. Yeah. I thought it was biomechanics or bioengineering. I think it was it was biomechanics. Okay, it was biomechanics. Cuz he cuz he was like, "Yeah, I was going to go to med school." But yeah. He's like, "I decided not to cuz he's like, who wants to go to med school?" Right. <laughs> <And I> was, <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and I was like, "What are you doing now?" He's like, "Computer science." And I was like, I was like, "Yeah, that's so much better." <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was crazy because um so I was sitting in one of the quiet rooms, right? And it was like t- it was like twelve o'clock at night, and I just this is when I first started the uh-huh. podcast before I emailed anyone, and oh, I was like, yeah. how am I gonna get people on here? Now we don't really have a problem with that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like I only had like one episode, and I was like, I'm gonna ask that guy. Yeah. So it was like I, it was like ten o'clock at night, twelve o'clock at night, and I just jump out of the quiet room, and I just I'm like I'm like, hey you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's your name? And then um, we introduced each other. He he didn't want to come on yep. because you know not yep. everyone likes recording themselves speaking which is completely understandable understandable, yeah (laughs) but we had a very good conversation we had like a 30 minute long conversation about um life decisions i guess yeah he's a great guy but he he literally told me like when he got in the room because he was going i think he was washing his dishes maybe yeah and then he was coming back in the room and he's like some guy just asked me to do a podcast or whatever so i guess that's what it was (laughs) because he told me he told me about that and he was like He's like, he was a great guy. He's like, I just, I just don't like do that type of thing. And I was like, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, fair. And he's like, so yeah, he actually told me, he told me about that. I remember that vividly. Really? So that's actually <laughs> kind of so funny. You brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. I got so lucky with my roommate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I did. I did too. <laughs> yeah. I did too. Does he still go here? Yes. He does? Yeah. I see, he commutes though because he doesn't live too far. Okay. But uh, I did see, I see him every now and then when I walk on campus. I got, yeah. I grabbed food with him the one time and he's, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Great guy. What are some of your future plans for research, do you think? Ooh, so 
I recently met a girl in my genetics class. Okay. And her sister was in the in the show program. Yeah. Or she's in the show program when we were in it. Yeah. So I mean, I guess we're still in it. But and she told me, yeah. Yeah, I guess we don't. Leave, <laughs> you don't really leave. <laughs> yeah, I guess not until after that spring semester when we present in the, the in symposium. The, yeah, symposium. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, she was telling me how her sister was working with cancer cells. Yeah. During like in. I think that'd be really cool to do that. And even like seeing the three minute thesis presentation, like when the person was talking about how they extracted rat DNA or like yeah. rat mRNA, like they uh-huh. were talking about that. And I was like, I think that'd be like so cool. That was, and their slide was amazing. It was. What was the name of the, do you remember the name of the person who did that slide? No, I, there's I'm, no I want to get them on here so <laughs> bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, she, it would seem really cool. But yeah. Like, I, I want to do something more along those lines. Like mm-hmm. I had my fun with this, plant stuff and that and i did i by no means that yeah (laughs) by by no means i didn't not saying i didn't like it or anything like i loved every minute of it and it was honestly a great experience but i want to like branch out and really like broaden like my resume even right and show like hey i have experience in this working in the field working with plants i've also extracted dna from rats (laughs) so like yeah it'd just be a crazy thing to just say and do mm-hmm. and i honestly think it's something i want to do in the future so something along like cancer cells or even extracting dna working with mrna like just things along those lines is just it'd be so insane to do and i think it'd just be cool that would be definitely and yeah. i know we have a lot a couple of good projects going on here yeah i don't remember exactly in whose lab or what the exact purpose is but i do remember reading about them and mm-hmm. um they've been going on for a while i i've been wanting to actually get involved in some of these projects too mm-hmm. some more lab focused work oh yeah because i might be going for or, um, right now my focus after undergrad is biostatistics. Mm, so more okay. working with data and stuff, but yeah. I'm also thinking about epidemiology. Yeah. So I might want to, you know, work in the lab. So I think, I think it would just be cool to get a job doing that and be involved in research doing that and see. Yeah. Very you know, much more so. like it. Looks, and then, like I said, looks great on a resume. It looks definitely you go, looks great on a resume. <laughs> but cause I, I'm even thinking about, I'm like almost decided, like for sure, I'm gonna be doing the sure program again. Definitely. Like I think I'm already like 100% on it. Might even be a mentor if they'll have me as a mentor. There was like five of them, weren't there? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I had Kyle Rediger. He came on, mm-hmm. and uh, he was one of the mentors. Yeah. He is the best performing podcast right now. He's the really? best performing episode. You might you might take that over. Ah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, like. I'm for sure probably going coming back to the Sure program. Yeah. It's just an overall great program, great experience, and, you get, and you get paid for it. <laughs> you get paid for it, free housing. Yeah, and exactly. I didn't realize this going in, and I'm sure it depends for each different project. But for a lot of a lot of projects, you can have a second job mm. while doing it. I knew a yeah. lot of people who had a second job, and you get compensated for 40 hours a week. Yeah. In addition to housing, but. Not every time do you work 40 hours a week, yeah. at least in my in my thing. A lot of more of the, the social and behavioral researchers, mm-hmm. for those who didn't actually have to go into a lab for too long. That's fair. Yeah, they got to, uh, they worked they worked other jobs and such. Mm-hmm. And you could do it virtually too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you could do part-time, you can do full-time, you can do virtual, you mm-hmm. can you can be wherever and do it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really they really revolve it around the schedule, I mean, the student. They're very understanding oh yeah like our needs There's and everything so understanding yeah and i mean oh, i was gonna say even for even for my research like being hands-on as it was like they i still sometimes didn't even work 40 hours a week yeah like i like when i talked about how i went down to kentucky to help them with their lab because mm-hmm. when i was working with the sure program it wasn't necessarily i was working only on my project alone right. i was helping them with all seven of their projects as well as my own really yeah so but they they managed the workload so it was still 
manageable for me and they'd tell me like hey if we're giving you too much like tell us like beginning of that week middle of that week we can give you that friday off and you can just have an extended weekend and yeah have some time to relax it's so sweet there was, there was multiple that. weeks and they were like i didn't even ask and they'd be like hey we worked you like 12 <laughs> hours the other day in the hot sun at <laughs> the edge of appalachia tickfield fields like take friday off and yeah I'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so crazy because again like we were talking about we thought the process of research would, was so intimidating coming exactly. in. We thought it was going to be the hardest thing ever. And then I look back. I look back at the other jobs I have in in terms of more physically and mentally yep. straining. I th- and personally for me, it was it was harder working in a pizza shop than it is doing research. That's fair. I mean, when you're doing something you love too, yeah, that it, definitely helps with it. Oh yeah, when no, when you do something that you love and you can really focus a long period of time on Mm -hmm. then it doesn't feel like work yeah it really it really doesn't and honestly like shout out to kent state because if you're a researcher here even if you're anything else like not even a researcher they have so many resources for everything all you gotta do is just look around and you'll find something for you Mm -hmm. and they just they do a great job like just this program alone and like the fact that they let undergrads even outside of like the sure program still work in labs like Mm -hmm. i still work in my lab Right. And I get paid and as an as an undergrad sophomore. I'm working in a research lab with PhD students. It's, it's insane. Just, it's an insane concept, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to say. Yeah, I we fund our undergraduate research program m- a lot more than other schools. Oh yeah, for sure. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. We definitely have a great uh, graduate school program. We have great PhD mm-hmm. programs, and there is some phenomenal advancements going on in those departments. Yeah. But we focus a lot of our efforts on undergraduate research, yeah. which is it's very unique. Not a lot of schools do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The other day I looked up Kent State University. I was trying to look up something. I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah. I was looking up something and like Kent State popped up and it said Kent State University, public research university, because now they're an R1 school. Yes, R1 status. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. R1 status. And for those who don't know, that means like they're like top, like that's as high as you can pretty much get it's, for... It's like D1 research, basically. That's a great way to put it, yes. <laughs> it's pretty much D1 research. Yeah, it's like same category as Harvard and Stanford. Yep. And, and Kent State's honest. Like, I've talked to my professor, my lab manager about it, too, my PI. Mm-hmm. And he and he was even saying how, like, Kent State's really been trying to, like, get that status. And, like, they've been putting a lot of effort into it, like, with these undergraduate programs, allowing undergrads to work in the lab. Yeah. Allowing PhD students to work in the lab. Like, like stuff like that, like they've been really going the extra mile to make this happen and mm-hmm. they have the status now. Yeah, I mean, it was a really long-term goal. This is something that they've been mapping out for a long time. Yeah. And ever since we got that, I mean, there's there's some crazy opportunities that open up for Oh yeah. for those attending this university in the future. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. that that's more grant money, that's more jobs available for undergraduate students yeah, especially. Exactly. We're looking to grow the SURE program, you know, bigger than ever before. Oh, I'm sure it will grow. Yeah, this is the biggest. There was, what, like 140 students at yeah. the three-minute thesis? Yep. It's only going to get bigger. I, yeah. I guarantee it. It is. Just stuff like this, like spreading the message yeah. and just people realizing how great of a program this is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Yeah, and they even got uh, undergraduate research ambassadors. There's, mm-hmm. about, there's about eight of us. And... They signed me on as one. This morning, hey. I walked into a criminology class, mm-hmm. grabbed a donut. They had donuts today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I handed out, you know, brochures with information yeah. and lanyards that says do research on them. But mm-hmm. basically, what we do is we go into classrooms, like FYE classes oh, and other certain great. events. Yeah. yeah. And we tell them, you know, why we should do research, you uh-huh. know, how it how it opened up doors for me personally, uh, the different programs that the school has to offer, and kind of 
like we were talking about before, eliminating that stereotype of research mm. is so strict. And yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it, it's, it's honestly not practical to do as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. It is. And yeah. It really changes your perspective on things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one thing I do want to say is being an organismal biology major, I'm sure some people can understand even STEM majors in general or even like other majors outside of STEM, like everybody's busy. It's college. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, but my, my schedule alone, like I am super busy. I put in multiple hours at the library and study. And I that. see you. Tallest yeah. building in Portage County, by the way. <laughs> I see you in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but like, even like I said, I, I work in my lab still, the same lab I worked with in the summer. And I've, they're so forgiving with my hours. Yeah. Like, I even told them coming in, I was like, you'll be lucky to see me like 10 hours a week. <laughs> I was like, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And I think I've maybe worked five, six hours this entire semester. Same. Because like, I just don't have time and they understand that they're mm-hmm. not on me like hey you need to come in do some work you know you're part of the job if anything they do the opposite and they're like hey if you still need to take time for your studies like go ahead whenever you need work it's here for you yeah so like they're super understanding like it's just they understand that you're an undergrad and you're trying to get your degree and right further your education research whatever it may be and they understand that yeah they understand that you have other goals and everything i mean even with my professor when i've continued working with her after the shirt program she said like some weeks you may be working more than others Mm -hmm. but if there's say if you have a test one week or you're feeling stressed out you know just tell me just tell me let's can we push this back can we do this another week and it's if you just want to take a week off then it's no big deal Exactly. You know I mean? They understand, you know, grades and our mm-hmm. our mental health is the first priority oh, over yeah. over results. Yep. Yeah. So you're here you're here to get your degree. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, like your mental health is number one. Yeah. Even like for me, I've been trying to put that ahead of my grades even mm-hmm. and trying to get myself like stop doing work at ten or eleven o'clock at night, give yeah. myself an hour to relax so yeah. I can fully refresh, you know, like that next day because I'm gonna do it all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. Definitely look out for yourself. What are what are some strategies you think that you, you've developed to take care of your mental health? Oh, uh, I'm definitely still working on it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the main thing I've been doing, checking in with myself. Def- don't feel bad to take breaks for yourself. Definitely. Like you put in all the work you can. Like like even just the other day, or like this week I have three exams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've talked about it with you. Yeah. And so I've been studying like crazy. Like Sunday I put in seven hours at the library the day after i put six hours the next Mm -hmm. day i put seven hours so like just constantly studying like hours on end and i'm just like checking myself like hey am i good like can i still do another hour right do i need to go get food Mm -hmm. because like that's eat please eat yes (laughs) (laughs) like that's one thing i've been struggling with too you're not you're not alone just make sure you're eating make sure you're staying hydrated like just little things like that just makes such the difference in your attitude every day yeah getting the right amount of sleep too like Mm -hmm. It's it all just adds Sleep. up. Yeah, they make such a difference in your attitude and such a difference in performance. Even say, for example, you put in so many hours of work, right? Yeah. And say ten hours is your peak. Yeah. But then after you start putting in ten hours of work a day, you start to drain yourself so much where your results actually go down. Exactly. And then after you hit that limit, you're actually producing less results. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to keep checking in with yourself and knowing when to take care of yourself and exactly. knowing when you've reached your limit. Yep. Because yeah, you're not going to reach your full potential if you don't, if you're not healthy. Yeah. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that that letter grade you get does not define you. No, <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Whether you have an A, B, C, as long as you you're happy with the work you're putting in. Yeah. And you're feeling okay mentally, 
physically, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah, just be be proud of yourself and stay happy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what other um, goals do you have for the future besides research, maybe after you get your undergraduate degree? So after I get my bachelor's, mm-hmm. I will be hopefully, I, I don't want to do graduate school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, it's, I understand like it is cool and like good to do graduate school and that but like some people it's just not for them yeah and i feel like after this four years of college i just want to be done yes (laughs) definitely you start actually you know getting out there in the work field exactly but i plan on giving myself a few months after college and looking for a job Mm -hmm. i want to get out of ohio yes as (laughs) as as great as ohio is the weather is a little crazy for me Mm -hmm. and i am originally from born in texas i miss really texas yeah which we're in texas um it's down near the border like i was born 15 miles from the border okay and i'm from westlake texas yeah so that's where like where i'm from i haven't visited there in a while and I think it'd just be great to live down there again. And because honestly, like whenever I go down there, I just feel like at peace. Yeah. So like, just oh. to go back to that place. And there's honestly a lot of biology jobs related to down there. Really? So like it's a great job That's market cool. over there too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. And so like I'm kind of giving myself those few months to go and get that job over there. And then if I don't get that job in those few months, I'm going to do my master's. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it doesn't come to that because <laughs> <laughs> I want to do my master's at University of Texas okay, in sweet. Austin. Yeah. So but I, like Austin, I said, Texas looks so cool. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. The, I think it's, I think it's San Antonio, Texas though for this, but the river walk, yeah, yeah. if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. River walk. Mm-mm. It's, oh, it's, it's amazing. Should be an eighth wonder of the world, honestly. <laughs> like at night the it's, river walk. it's lit up all these lights, especially if you probably go like, um, near like Cinco de Mayo or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, it's so amazing. I remember going down there as a little kid and, seeing all the lights they even have the little boat going down the stream <laughs> and you're just walking like along and all these little shops and yeah it's just so nice it's just a great experience honestly like there's just so many things out there that people just don't realize and it's in, it's insane it's the new and up and coming place i mean everyone's talking about it people from california are moving over there oh yeah mm-hmm. it is and just like places in the world in general there's yeah. so many places out there i know I, it's it's such a such a good experience to get out of your bubble oh yeah yeah even moving 40 minutes away from my home, I'm from Cleveland, mm. even coming to Kent. Yeah. Is, instead of, instead of originally I was going to go to, uh, I was going to go to Lakeland for a couple of years, Lakeland mm. Community College. Yeah. But I wanted to get, you know, or I was going to go to Cleveland State oh, okay. and just, you know, save a little bit of money and stuff. That's fair. But yeah. I decided to come here and, you know, I'm so glad I did, you know, living on your yeah. own and getting, getting away, meeting new people. So many opportunities. Mm-hmm. So many opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I came from three hours away mm-hmm. and... Like just being here, like I graduated with a class of 42, which may sound crazy. That's 40, 42 people in my high school class. That's who I graduated with. This small. Yeah, it's yeah. very small. I haven't met anybody else on this campus with a smaller size. So coming here and when there's like over 4,000 kids in our class, yeah. it's, it's a little insane. But <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's so cool to like be here with all these people and just like, it's definitely, it was culture shock at first. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I'm used to it. And like, I, mean, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just a great place to be. It's it's crazy to me to think like I've like I know a lot of people you know uh-huh. what I mean like yeah. I I meet I meet new people every single day and I oh, love literally. it but I don't think I'm gonna be able to meet every single person in the class. Oh, there's no way. It's <laughs> <There's too laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's that's so crazy to think about. You yeah, know? and people transferring, people leaving, people. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's insane. The kids who come out of high school with sixty college credit, 
college credits and just jump night and jump into college and they're already a sophomore like <laughs> <laughs> then you well, got those people I, w- I wish that was me so i have one, I have one I friend like that, that. Was me. I one, yeah he's younger than me by a year and he's a junior right now wow yeah what's he doing uh he's applied engineering okay his name's aj bernardo i'll shout him out real okay. quick shout <laughs> <AJ>. <laughs> he's a great great guy mm-hmm. but that, yeah that's insane and like when we we're talking about how there's so many different things out there. I recently like just got a passport because I want to go somewhere. Like, yeah. There's like just being at Ken's. Like, realize there's so many things out there. Where do you want to go? Oh man, I haven't thought about that like quite yet. Cause what I want to do is I'm hoping after this next summer assure program, uh-huh. I'm hoping that like junior year summer, yeah, going into my se- going into my senior year, I want to do an internship overseas. Yeah. So that'd like, be sweet. Yeah, like that's what I want. Like, so I hopefully like having this like on my resume beforehand they're like okay yeah. like he's a qualified candidate for this so like hopefully i can go do some research like overseas and just see like what's going on over there too mm-hmm. maybe even move over there who knows like <laughs> who knows? whatever yeah. life takes you you know i want to check out um new zealand mm. switzerland and australia mm. i want to yeah. go to, i want to go to amsterdam amsterdam oh yeah yeah i'll go check that out too it looks so insane mm-hmm. i've been seeing so many like videos just randomly pop up everywhere and it's just like oh <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's all been like my whole TikTok feed recently. Yep. It's like, go here for grad school or like come travel here. Yeah. And cheap like Airbnbs and stuff. And I was like, I want to go so bad. <laughs> it's like, now is not so the time. Insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. So you, uh, we talked a little bit about how, you know, getting out of your bubble changes your perspective and benefits you as a person. How do you think research doing, how do you think the research process in general and doing research has um, changed your perspective? and help better you as a person in general? Oh, honestly, I think it's, it helped me so much. Like mm-hmm. just being able to go up to people, like especially going in to the show program as like a freshman or doing this research as like a freshman. There's like, a, lot, a lot of people, a lot of them are juniors and seniors. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. like when I was going in there, I wasn't even a sophomore yet. Right. <laughs> and my roommate was a senior here and he was With a, already a bachelor's degree. Yeah, he already degree. had his bachelor's degree. <laughs> so I'm walking in there and I'm just this little old freshman from a class 42. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going in there and I'm like, not necessarily like scared to ask people questions, but it's like I'm working with all these PhD students and it's like they're so much older than me. Right. Like even like we went out to eat when we were down in the edge of Appalachia and we were sitting there with Lee and it was my PI mm-hmm. and we were sitting there and my or my lab manager, not my PI, and my lab manager, John, he's talking about his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then my, the Lee, he was just talking about how he does all this stuff. Like he's, he's drinking and all that. I'm like, I'm not even the legal age to drink or whatever. <laughs> and like, they're just talking about how they, they have all these friends that have like kids and stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm just over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, 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 just like chilling. I like, yeah, I've like never had that conversation before. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has kids. Yeah, like, it's these, these, so insane. these people have like whole lives. Yeah. Like they already married for 10 years yeah. and, and they're working on their PhD. And then it's like, Oh, it's so crazy. But like, going through all this research and, talking with these people like one-on-one like mm-hmm. these people love to be asked questions they right. love to be asked yes. about their research they want to tell you about their research mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go up to anybody yeah like, it's so insane that's the one thing i realized and especially like even professors like if you go up to a professor and you talk to them mm-hmm. and you ask like like hey do you have a lab like what research are you doing oh they'll love to tell you about yeah. it yeah i mean some professors are just kind of sticklers and they they don't want to talk to you but like but the um, other ones they'll happily talk your ear yeah. off about it like because i mean if if you spend i don't know some phds can take more than like eight years oh, or something like yeah, that definitely and especially with like postdoc and everything if you spend that amount of time on just one field of study yeah and sometimes just on one specific 
topic in that mm-hmm. field of study and you just that's all you do that's like all you've done i mean you gotta love that oh you know yeah. what i mean and you so you gotta be so it. excited about that yep. when i've started new projects that i sit down and talk with a professor i mean i've had oh, a two-hour yeah. conversation with a professor one time oh yeah they and it's just yeah about it. it was so insightful for me mm-hmm. i don't know I, like I've learned more in that two hour conversation than I have in a, a whole class. Exactly. I mean, you're actually engaged in it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And you're and talking one on one and it's stuff that they're passionate about. Yeah. You can tell they're passionate about and mm-hmm. it just means a lot more than them reading off a slide view. Definitely. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast too. Because oh, yeah. I noticed in the, sh- like even just with students, I would talk, I would sit, I would go into the kitchen mm-hmm. and I would talk with students. Oh, I would yeah. just ask them, hey, what's your research? People's face would just like light up. Mm-hmm. I love seeing people get so excited about yep. that. And they just talk and talk and talk. And then we get other people to come in and join the conversation and talk oh, and talk and talk. Endless cycle. It's, yeah, it was such a great way to build a community. And I always said, you know, why don't I just, I told my roommate, Max, I'm like, why don't we just start recording these mm-hmm. and just do this? You know, it's been the exact same thing. And it's it's helped me grow so much as a person oh, yeah. is hearing other people, hearing your guys' perspectives mm-hmm. and uh, all the cool stuff that's going out here. Um, next semester, I'm actually extending uh, invites out to professors and faculty too. Mm, that'd be yeah. very interesting <laughs> to do. Yeah, but we got we got a we got a pretty up in the studio a little bit before. A little bit, little <laughs> bit. it'd be all right. We just got the um we just got the sound panels in here. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. So it's a pretty fancy addition. Adding the what, whatever whatever that is, I don't even know. That's like a light. <laughs> uh, does it even work? Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, it's coming along. I mean, you're honestly doing great work with this podcast. Just yeah. keep spreading the message out Bro, there. you're doing great work out there. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Just trying. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we, that's you're doing all we can a, do. You're doing a great job. That's all we can yeah, do. Yeah, doing a great job. So why would you recommend doing research to oh, graduate students? I would recommend research just because it's honestly amazing. <laughs> There's another way to put it. There's it's just amazing. Yeah. And... What you can do with research, you can do so many different things with research. We even had, we had a kid in our short program who's doing like um, some jazz thing, like he's oh, doing yeah. some music thing. Like, and people when they think of research, they don't think of like music and taking away the ensemble away from like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the specifics, so sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, like people don't really think about that. Right. And like research can be whatever you want research to be. You can research literally anything. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're passionate about it, who says you can't do it? Right. Like you can do anything you want. Yeah. And I, that's the amazing thing about research. Mm-hmm. It's just so broad. Mm-hmm. It can be as specific as you want it to be, as broad as you want it to be. Yeah. It can be whatever you want it. Exactly. Like my first episode on here was uh, teaching LGBTQ plus education abroad. And mm-hmm. then I had another one on here about best ways to take teach Shakespeare in the classroom. Mm, um, Xavier, yep, yep. he actually won first place at, yeah. the, at the amazing presentation. Yes, at the thesis, three minute thesis, and yeah, he did a fantastic job. But he did a great job. Yeah. Well, Marcus, if you had one more message to share with the world, what would it be? Do research. Do research. Do research. I love it. That's my message. <laughs> Marcus, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Just knock on my door because we live right next door. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And again, this is your host, John, of the Research Review, creating a platform to inspire. Peace out.